so glad you're here today. This is a special day. It's a different day. It really is. And I'm a little bit on the edge a little bit. I, I told someone I was kind of strung out, and they're like, what? I'm like, no, I must be stressed out. That's what I am, a little bit stressed out this morning. Uh, so at uh, any rate, uh, I'm excited. Uh, it, is, it is a big day for us. Uh, like uh, Raph mentioned earlier, we've been, for eight weeks, we've been uh, talking about the road recovery. We've been talking about what it takes uh, to deal with our hurts, our habits, and our hang-ups. And we thought, what better way than to close this out by just sharing with some folks who, who are willing to acknowledge that they've struggled with some issues in their life. And they're going to share those with you. They're going to talk about what Jesus means to them. And, uh, and now we're all, then we'll also talk about how they're helping other people deal with their recovery as well. So uh, I don't know how this is going to go. You guys, uh, we're on for the ride. Everybody's in. And uh, we'll just uh, we'll see if we can get this done in our allotted time. That'll be our, our, our commitment to try to get it done because I know they have a lot to share. Uh, but let me introduce uh, them to you. Uh, Dan Prout, Dan's on our staff. He's going to share a little bit about uh, some challenges he's had. Jenny Onan uh, is one of, Jenny was baptized on Easter, I believe. And uh, so she's a part of our church. Uh, Todd Barrick, a guy that I've met uh, several times. Uh, they've been worshiping with us uh, lately as well. And Josh Hall, uh, who has a great story, and uh, he's involved in our church, been here for several months and a class as well. So uh, we'll see how this goes, and uh, we'll jump in and try not to fall off the back, Dan. All right? Okay. All right. Uh, but we've got some questions that I just want to ask these guys, and then they're going to feel free to share whatever God puts on their heart. All right? So uh, the first question is, what's been your struggle, and uh, how serious did it become? And Dan, I'm going to start with you since you're on the end there. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I, uh, <laughs> wow. Hi. Hey, guys. Um, I actually struggled with something that is, it's, it's probably the hardest thing to mention about it is just that it feels a little embarrassing to say, but well, it's, it's, um, it's video gaming. I actually struggled with video gaming. I was addicted to online gaming, and um, I really didn't, you know, uh, think it would become as intense as it did. It just started for me as an escape, and um, really it became very serious uh, because I wasn't turning to God with it. I was just turning to this escape from life, from what had happened. And, and for me, um, it got to the point where I was at times gaming for like 23 hours a day. So that was a lot of gaming and it was consuming and the more I got into that the more I didn't want to try to re-engage with life around me because you can't game that much and not lose track of the people and responsibilities in your life and that starts to pile up on you and uh, it becomes a cycle where like you have reward from something from this game from this friends you make here and you ignore the friends that you have in real life and then when you engage with them they don't want to engage back with you because of how you've treated them for this thing and sure. so but when you engage with the game it rewards you and the people who are there reward you so it was uh it was definitely something that spiraled way out of control way fast and before i could even realize what was happening all right thanks jenny you're up Hello. <laughs> um, I'm an alcoholic. Um, and I, everything you just said is that, can anybody hear? Oh, yeah, there we go. Um, is the same exact thing that, that, that I can tell you what time every single liquor store opens up in this town. Um, I have been there waiting on the sidewalk 15 minutes before they open, just waiting to go inside to start drinking. Um, my friends and family, um, just like my friends definitely faded away. My family, bless their hearts, put up with it somehow. It was horrible. It was horrible. Um, 
and until I was done, um, it's 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 like the pits of hell. It's there's there's nothing worse. My kids would come home from school and I'd just be laying out on the sofa. They couldn't have friends over because they were embarrassed. They thought, you know, when they got home, would mom be drunk? Would mom not be drunk? Um, it, it's extremely difficult, and you hide it, and it's awful, and you hate it. I hated every time I would drink. I would hate it more and more, but I just kept going and kept going and kept going. Um, it was um, awful. My health suffered, um, not to gross anybody out, but... Um, for the last six months I drank, I vomited up blood like five days a week. It was, it was awful. I got puffy and red, and um, it's just um, a horrible thing. All right, thanks. Thanks for your honesty. Todd, want to talk a little bit about your challenge and, and where it took you? Of course. Uh, my name's Todd. Um, I struggle with drug addiction, okay? Um, growing up, um, my dad was an ordained Baptist minister, all right, so it wasn't supposed to happen to, to me, right? But I think everybody knows that, um, you know, we're not unique. Uh, th this uh, disease that I believe I suffer from uh, it does not discriminate. But, but it got so bad in my life that um, I ended up spending 178 months in state prison here in Kentucky, okay? And, um, you know, I was the addict that used no matter what. Uh, you think prison would stop me from using, but it didn't, okay? Um, I turned my back on my kids, my family, everything. So uh, uh, drugs became the most important thing in my life. And, um, you know, it took me to the bits of hell. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how bad it is because I think everybody sees all these stories and, um, and, and sees what, what, the, what drugs do to people. I never thought it was going to be that bad because I didn't think it would happen to me. I didn't think smoking that first joint would lead me to um, overdosing in a bathroom with my family finding me with a needle hanging out my arm. But... That's where it took me, but God has different plans today. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Josh, will you share your story a little bit? What's, what's going on? All right. Hey, everybody. I'm just <laughs> thankful to be here. I'm glad how welcoming everybody has been to me since I came here. And I didn't have plans of coming to this church originally, just, you know, uh, but just how welcoming everybody was. You know, I live in Lexington, so, you know, I really enjoy coming here. Uh, but my addiction, unlike Todd, a lot of similarities, uh, started out with just marijuana at a young age, and uh, it led me to being incarcerated and selling drugs, and not just once, not just twice, but three times. I went to federal prison twice, and then state prison recently. And the outcome of that, it led for me being just pot to different things. I've ended up being a heroin IV user and uh, the downfall from that, I lost my son, uh, destroyed relationships with my family. Anybody that had any, any type of respect or anything for me, they just depleted jobs and uh, I think God just pretty much, you know, made sure that I, I got the darkest place possible, you know, before I really could experiences joy. Guys, I want to tell you how much respect I have for these guys that can stand up here and, and just share the story. And, um, and I'm, I'm so grateful that God rescued them and uh, that they can be here today and uh, be in recovery and share these, these amazing stories. And uh, 
and, and inspire us and encourage us to know that there are people that we, maybe even folks here today who struggle with similar challenges that are life-controlling, uh, but, but there are people maybe that you work with or in your family that are dealing with this. And we need these kind of stories of victory and, uh, and recovery to inspire us and remind us that nobody is hopeless, uh, that, that God can do amazing things. And, uh, and we're only going to be able to touch on just the tip of the iceberg about their recovery uh, today. But, uh, and there's a story behind every person. I know that, that they could speak for hours. Uh, but, uh, but thank you guys. And I'm just so, so ama- uh, amazed of a God who would rescue all of us um, from the trouble we get ourselves into. He is truly an awesome God. Well, let me, uh, let me ask you a second question then. What, what prevented you from uh, resolving your issues on your own? Uh, you know, in, in our country today, it's this independent spirit. I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps and, you know, just not do it anymore. Uh, that sounds really easy and simple, but uh, what is it that kind of kept you from, from doing that on your own? Dan, I'll let you start again. Sure. Um, well, I mean, for me, it was, uh, it's kind of funny because, like, everyone thinks it's, you know, just a video game. Just stop. You know what I mean? Just stop playing, you know, and... It, it starts off that way, but when I got to it where I was in the midst of it, it was not just a video game, it was who I was. And um, so my identity was wrapped up in it, my relationships were starting to be wrapped up in it, um, and honestly, um, to say goodbye to those things and to look at what I had left in my life when I took out video gaming it was not a lot. And so for me to turn from where I was, uh, where I was getting some type of reward, uh, where I didn't have to face the disappointment that awaited me as soon as I signed off on the computer, um, you know, that, that was crippling. And I couldn't, I couldn't on my own get to the point where I could just pull myself up because what I wanted was connection with other people. You know, what I wanted was to feel success and, and worth and those things. And, and you can only take yourself so far on your own in that way. So for me, um, you know, I, I just found myself in this place where everything within inside me was, was being fed in some lesser way by this game. And I just kept on wanting to play it more and more to try to replace what I had given up. Uh, in the real world, uh, because every time I'd go back to the real world, it had nothing for me in comparison to what the game was. But what the game was never had enough to actually give me what I was really looking for. Good. All right. Jenny? Um, I think with me it was pride, because um, I had a child extremely early, like freshman year of high school, kind of before that early. Um, and from that moment on, I did everything that I could to be self-sufficient and on my own and put myself through nursing school with the help of my parents. And um, it was simply pride. I knew that I was dying. I knew that I was dying. But I just couldn't stop. I didn't want to stop. I didn't care if I died, really. I just didn't. If it happened, it happened. It wasn't. Um, sometimes I would pray for it. But... Um, so that, that's what kept me from asking for help, from saying, I have a problem. Good grief. I have something has to be done. I'm dying here. Um, and then I had my first blackout. 
And um, don't remember, I remember waking up at 9 o'clock upstairs in my bed. Um, I must have done something horrible that night. My family still will not tell me what it was. Um, it's just like, but I know um, the next day I got up, I called my husband. I said, I have got to get some help. This, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Um, and started going to AA. And it, at the time, I thought that AA and Angie Stewart saved my life. <laughs> Because from the very moment I walked in those doors, I have not had a drink since. Mm. Yeah. Um, AA is very faith-based. I don't know if most people know that. but like, Well, you do, because if you've been coming to church, you see that. Um, but I always thought, I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. And then it was just recently that I, I just woke up one morning and I realized God put that there for me. Mm-hmm. And, and he put Angie Lee Stewart in my life. He did that. I didn't do it. Um, so all this time, I've been thinking through my whole entire life that I have been in control. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. I have <laughs> not been in control at all. And, and really, I was honest with Andy this, pe- or Andy, Randy, this past week. And, um, and that just recently, when I say recently, just a matter of weeks ago, I woke up and I realized that it had not been me all along. It had been God. That's it. Amazing. Well, you also mentioned, because I had given you these questions earlier, you said that you, you thought that if you tried to get help, it would be like it would be real. It that would be real. It, you, yeah, you, you live in a, exactly. If you admit that you have a problem, then you have a problem. If you say you're an alcoholic, then you're probably an alcoholic. And I didn't want anybody to know, look, the biggest secret I have ever kept in my life, embarrassing, shameful, hurtful to the people that I loved, and when you admit that you're an alcoholic, um, then, you, then it's real. It's real to you in your heart and soul. Right. Thank you. And I, I, know that, I know that helps people, no doubt, because a lot of times, whatever the issue is, we can be functioning and, and just going on and doing life and getting through, but not, not doing well. And we know that. But if we admit it, that's the first step, the first step. All right. Todd, maybe you've forgotten the question. Let me. Re- yeah. 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 <laughs> what prevented you from re- uh, resolving your issue on your own? Good question. Um, you know, for me, I suffer from a disease that's very selfish. Okay, and I think every one of us is very selfish by nature. And um, you know, looking back on it now, um, I was that person that always thought there was something wrong with me. Okay, it felt like I walked around my whole life with a booger in my nose. You know, like somebody was always looking at me. I just felt uncomfortable in my own skin. Um, looking back on it now, it, you know, it, I had a God-sized hole from an early age that I tried to fill with all these other vices. And what kept me from asking for help or doing anything about it was, well, how everybody else was going to perceive me if I asked for help. How can I go to this church that everybody looks up to my family and I'm, and I'm supposed to be doing good when I'm struggling deep inside? Mm-hmm. So, so for reaching out, for me, it was going to be an embarrassment to me. It's going to be an embarrassment to my family and somebody would thought I was a weak person. And so yeah. that's what kept me from asking for help. Yeah. So you grew up in a Christian home. Oh, very I mean, Christian. Very, your dad was yeah. a minister, is a minister. Hellfire and brimstone yeah. was going to get that's me. Right. If, yeah, if, if right. I come out of the closet about it. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. thought I would, I'd, be, I'd be condemned. Right. Um, but one thing I know that uh, I think Jenny shared maybe a little bit that uh, was common is that everybody else knows uh, a little bit. Yeah, we're the last people to know that we got a problem. Right, usually. yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, we talked about intervention a little bit, and that, that sometimes isn't received well. 
um, because there's a lot of denial. It's a huge part of it, of it, you know, just saying, I don't have a problem. If you don't have a problem, you don't have to deal with it, right? right. You know, and you can keep doing whatever it is, and it's true, and whatever. Uh, Dan, I'm sure people tried to say, uh, you know, you're spending a little too much time, but uh, oh, yeah. until... <laughs> oh, yeah. I had that happen a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it doesn't matter to you because it's, if you can just keep on keeping on, if you can make it to work and if you can get enough of the bills paid and if you can just get back to what you need to when you want to, then you've made it through. And, and that becomes enough. Yeah. Feeding that need and doing everything else that just is the bare minimum becomes enough and you forget what life really could be. Yeah. Uh, and you just convince yourself that you're not worth it you know, anymore. Okay. Josh, I'll give you a shot at that question. What pre uh, prevented you from resolving your issues on your own? Well, I would say for me, it might have been similar to Todd, but um, just once I got so entangled in the addiction, uh, heroin just consumed me. And it went from, at first, me getting a high from it, uh, you know, a euphoric feeling to just having to have it to function. And if not, I was deathly sick. And it got to a point, you know, where it, knocked me out of a job, it, you know, just like I said earlier, relationships with my family just took me all the way out of character and took me to the lowest point to where I felt like I had went too far to come back, mm. that I had done too much, that people weren't going to accept me and that I was just destined for this, you know. Right. Pride took yourself, you know, your dignity, everything from you. It, you know, it depletes you of who you really are, you know. Right. It's the devil at his finest. It's mm -hmm. his trick bag. He knows exactly our weakness and, our, and he exploits that, whatever, whatever it may be, whether it's a physical addiction or whether it's uh, relationally or whatever it is. I mean, he, he knows how to, how to really exploit that. And, um, and one of the things I was just thinking that is kind of common is that a lot of people say, well, just stop. You know, I mean, that's our solution. Just stop. But, but the... Uh, the whole gamut, I mean, the entire addiction cycle is not, you can't just stop on your own. I think that is pretty obvious. And with the exception, maybe some people do that, but, but even Jenny shared, uh, thinking she had done it on her own, uh, later realized that no God was there uh, for a greater purpose, and God was moving through that. It's cool. Um, well, um, we'll start again with Dan. Looking back over your hurt, your habit, your hang-up, how is Jesus enabled you to be victorious? There's, there's no way that I could have, um, I could have worked myself out of where I was. And that's what I wanted to do from the get-go, was I wanted to work myself out of where I was. I wanted to control my enjoyment of this game and what I got from it. And um, really, it was only when I started seeking Christ. It was only when I started looking to what he wanted for my life and started saying, God, I can't do this. I can't fix any of this. The only thing I see in my life that's going anywhere near in the right direction is you. And um, so for me, I was living in my parents' basement and playing video games like crazy, and I knew it was awful. I knew I was wasting my life. I knew I wasn't going the right direction. So the one thing I was being a part of was a Christian band. And um, I said, God, I felt like you had a call on my life, and I don't know how to get back to that. 
but I know that this Christian band is something that falls in that line, and I'm going to go ahead and pursue this And as I pursue you, because it's the only thing I see in my life that still has your hands all over it. And through experience, through experience, God took me from that baby step to the next baby step, to the next baby step, to people in that band. I owe my life to the guys who were in that band with me, um, who loved me and embraced me. And, you know, accepted me in the midst of all that. And what God showed me was that I never had to be good enough in myself, but that he had made me good enough. And that if I trusted that, and if I held on to that, and let go of all my own trying, that he would go ahead and redeem and restore and renew everything that had been lost. And I could never change those things I had done. And I could never fix them. And I could never do enough to, to undo those things. But it was him and what he was doing that would renew those things. And, and my life has been uh, proving that. God has been proving that to me step by step. And I'm just trying to continue to be faithful in giving up and allowing him to move. And do what only he can do, really. Right. We're grateful that, that you did. You're a blessing to us. You really are, Dan. Thank you. Uh, Jenny, you, yeah, we'll give him a hand. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny, you shared a little bit about that. I don't know if you have anything to add. I mean, you're still discovering, uh, we all are, but still discovering some neat things of what God is doing, and it's, it's awesome to see you grow. You want to add to that I just want to say all? one little thing. I'm a talker, so you have to shut me up. He's really good at doing that. Um, but... The, the odd part about the God thing to me was that I considered myself to be a total non-believer, um, was believed only in science, and so it, I had to be able to see it or smell it or touch it. But the odd thing is I surrounded myself with just Christians. I don't know why. I look back on I'm like, what's going on? Like, I belong to mops, right? Well, that's really Christian. And then um, when I got sober, I started working for a family who, they go to this church, they're Christian. So... <laughs> That we pray before meals, and I'm sitting there going, okay. And then, you know, in the beginning, you go to every AA meeting that you can find. And I did. Um, there's one meeting still in town that is super faith-based, and that's on Thursday night, 8 o'clock, the Methodist Church. And I do my very best not to miss it still, and I've been sober for three and a half years. Mm. And um, But I, so I'm drawn to that meeting. Well, it's like the Christian meeting. <laughs> and, you know, so I surround myself, with, and I'm like, what is going on? That is God, people. Mm. It's God doing that. It yep. just is. Thank you. Todd, you, you've been around Jesus all your life. I mean, how, what, what, was, what was the deal? You were struggling with it. How, how did that come around and really come together? Well, you know, I struggled with God from an early age, um, you know, especially with my father issues and stuff from an early age, you know, he was a children's minister at a big church there in Lexington. And, you know, at an early age, I kind of felt like God took my father away from me, hmm. you know, um, thank God. I'm not where I was. <laughs> I'm not there today, but, um, you know, and, and the, and, and I, if you can see anybody struggling with drug addiction at their bottom, we're praying to something. Okay. We don't know what we're praying to, but we're praying, God, get me out of this. And I remember the last 
Prayer I remember praying out there wasn't active addiction. Was, was God intervening in my life to help me something happen? Um, and something happened in a pair of handcuffs this last time. Um, and, and I'm truly grateful for that. And I do believe that was God because that was God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, I, I do Narcotics Anonymous. Uh, so, and I don't think anybody comes into recovery on a good place with Jesus, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the thing I like about Narcotics Anonymous, um, the word God. The word God was a lot softer to me than Jesus early on. Um, and by working the 12 steps, uh, the goal is to have a conscious contact with God. Uh, my view of God is turned from God to Jesus Christ today, mm-hmm. okay? And I, and I know Jesus Christ... has done things for me that I couldn't do for myself. And for me, um, God, has, God has given me a defense against picking up dope today. Okay, so, so the only choice that I have, I don't have a choice in the matter, okay? I'm a drug addict. I'm going to be a drug addict to the day I die. Um, I don't have any choice uh, of not picking up dope. The only choice that I have every morning is to make a choice to give my life to God every morning or give my life to Todd. Right. If I give my life to God, I do good things. I don't pick up dope. I'm a help to people. Um, I, I don't steal your purse. I'm not out here breaking into your cars. Okay. But but if I choose myself, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, my track record shows I'm going to end up in jail and I'm going to hurt people and um, I'm not going to be there for my kids and all that. So so I make a choice every morning of God, how I can be of service to you. Um, you know. And He opens up doors and and I haven't picked up dope since. So awesome, awesome. Thank you. Josh. I'm, I'm, me and Todd got a pretty similar story, in somewhat, in some regards, because I grew up in a Mormon church, uh, went there for 17 years, so I knew who God was, but I never really accepted him. Uh, I'd been getting in trouble since 1997, and been in and out of rehabs, NA, AA, prison, I mean, just anything that was possible. And I would have good intentions, and I would put forth the effort, but then I would get comfortable, and it would be about me. I would think I could control that, and I'd always do okay for a certain period of time, and then I would spiral downhill, and I never could figure that out. I just thought, hey, I'm, I'm destined for failure, you know. Um, and then this last incarceration, um, you know, I'd gotten older. I destroyed more things. And I started to realize that God had allowed me to come to a place to where I was so broken that I couldn't deny it. I couldn't find an easy fix. I couldn't find a solution. There wasn't a a price you could put on it. There wasn't a person I could call and rely on to fix it. Um, Once I seen that not only had I been destroying my family over the years, but I started to destroy other people's family, uh, my wife, um, she was also and is also an addict. Um, her daughter, we introduced her daughter to heroin. She's doing 13 years in state prison right now. My son, he's in foster care. So I realized, and God allowed me to realize, hey, this isn't about you no more. You know, it's time to grow up. So um, he, he allowed me to be so broken and put me through the darkest place. I thought being in maximum security federal prison in Michigan and here in Kentucky, that that was bad, but my darkest place was just being right there in the county jail, knowing what I had destroyed and what I had done. Mm -hmm. And um, he he allowed me to accept him and 
and be able to rely on him and give it to him and know that through him I could be a new person, that I don't have to be Josh no more. Right? And he allowed through that process, once I accepted him and I start putting him first and not trying to control the matter and allowing it to be his will, he restored relationships. He restored my pride. And I'm struggling now paying for all the things that I've done in my past, but doors have opened for me that would have never imaginable come possible without Jesus in my life. Awesome. Great. Thank you. Hey guys, I didn't. I'm gonna throw one in. I didn't uh, didn't ask you uh, before, uh, but uh, how can we, how can we best help? How can we best help you guys and encourage you? I mean, you've been bold to acknowledge this, and this is free for all. Uh, who, who, whoever anybody wants to throw something. How how can we best help? Because all of us have got our own issues, and we see ourselves reflected. You know, our challenges maybe not identical, uh, but we see the challenges we struggle with. Um, and they're at different levels. They are, but but they're still they re- still reveal our weaknesses. You know how can we how can we best help one another? I'll put it, I'll put it that question. All right, great, Jenny. Just love one another. That's it. It's super simple, super simple. There is nothing. It's 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 not a big deal. You don't have to practice it. I'm sure you love somebody, and you're like, love people, love people that you can tell have a problem. Put your hand on them. Pray for them. Tell them that you're thinking about them, that you love them. Just tell them that you love them. Really and truly, it goes a long way. It really, really does. Awesome. Absolutely. I just, I'm going to piggyback off what you're saying because um, God worked through those people that loved me mm-hmm. when I didn't. And they didn't love me for where I should have pulled myself up to be. They loved me for where I was. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of love that we need to give is a love that, that loves them just because they're an amazing creation created by God and they need Christ. And just to give them that love, you know, and, and without any questions asked. You know, I had, uh, I was lucky enough that I had friends that were willing to stick with me and love me through that. You know, I, I put them through a bunch of crud, you know, just because yeah. they weren't, I was a hard person to love because of that. But that love is is what we're ultimately seeking for. And it's through that love that we can hear God's voice, that we can start to believe that there's something worth saving in us. I I can tell you, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for my wife, Leanne, you know, loving me the way she did. It's God used her love and her um, belief in who I can be to, to speak to God, restoring my call to ministry. And... He did that through her, and I'll forever be thankful for that. And it's, it's, it's people who are willing to invest in you, to get messy with you, and to just love you like God loves you, and to see what he sees in us, really. Because we, we think about what God sees us, and we think, oh, well, he, he loves me, yes, but I've, I've really pushed myself away from him. But no, God loves us past all those things. Can y'all hear him? Oh, here we go. Um, I think just doing what you all are doing, accepting us, okay, because I was that person that I, I felt pushed to the side my whole life. Like people were always downing me, shaming me, talking about all the bad things I did, all right, and, and kicking dirt on me, all right. So 
by a kind word goes a long way to somebody struggling, all right? And, and somebody coming to me and say, hey, I believe in you and want to help you instead of wanting to judge you or wanting to punish you, Ooh. okay? Um, for me, that goes a huge, a huge way because the church was the last place I was going to come when I wanted help. Hmm. The last place I would come. I would run from the church, okay? Today, you all have opened the doors up to me. You've hugged me. You've welcomed me, and, and that makes me feel good. So I feel accepted here, and that's what I've always wanted all my life is to feel accepted, okay? But by you all accepting somebody that's struggling, you don't know what that does. Hmm. Good. Thank you. All right, I, I did ask you, I got a couple more, so I'm, we're moving, all right? I did ask you guys uh, to share the scripture that meant the most to you, and Josh, uh, you shared, and um, I don't know, we, I think we have it on the screen. Is it up there? Yeah. Okay. Okay, there you go. I don't know. There you go. Um, yeah, like I had said before, you know, um, once I had actually re-given myself to Christ and actually submitted to him, uh, I was baptized at a young age, but... I kind of got lost along the way, mm -hmm. really lost, uh, <laughs> but knowing that I could be a new person, you know, and it's hard to pick one scripture because, you know, they all played a piece in my recovery and still do to this day, but this 2 Corinthians 5, 14, it, it stood out a lot through 21. It's, Can you back it up just one? There you go. You want to read it for us? There? Yeah, it says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, through we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so now longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old one has gone, and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. All right. A little bit more. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. All right, great. Amen. Todd, uh, you said that Philippians chapter 4, verse... Um, 19 was your verse, so I'll let you read that. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jenny, you shared uh, uh, not necessarily scripture, but the serenity prayer had meant a lot to you. So we've got it up. Would you read it to yes. us there? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if you surrender your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. 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 And... Um, <clears throat> 
Dan, you had shared a scripture, I think, that we had, had read a couple weeks ago. Maybe would you read that for us? Yeah. yeah. Are you so foolish, after beginning, what, uh, after beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? All right. We just uh, talked about that in the context of, uh, of keeping your momentum and, and not, not falling, you know, just struggling. Um, I don't know. I, we may be a little out of time. We probably are. But I'm going to do a couple things. Uh, one, one last question. We are out of time, but one last question. Really quick. I know at least a couple of you guys are actively involved in paying it forward and helping other people. And I, and I want to give you a chance just to share kind of what you're doing because there is hope. And one of the steps of recovery is in turn helping other people, yielding ourselves to be used by God uh, to communicate this good news to others by example and word, I think is the last step that, that we shared. So if you are engaged actively, um, will you tell us a little bit about that just, just briefly, Jenny? Okay. Um, myself and other um, people in recovery um, founded a nonprofit called RAW, Raising Awareness Woodford County. Um, we're a resource for Woodford County um, if anybody needs help. Um, we have all kinds of fundraisers. We've sent people to rehab. Um, we have, uh, I think every one of us have given out our number to everybody in town just about. I get calls all the time. If you need help, Randy has my number. Feel free to call me. Um, we are just a resource for people. If you need help for someone, call us. We can find it for you. We have a list of detox centers and rehabs, and we'll pray with you on the phone. Whatever you need, all you have to do is ask. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. We have a table out front. If you want a T-shirt, <laughs> grab one. <laughs> Todd. I work with a group of heroes out of Lawrenceburg. Uh, also do a lot of going to a lot of jails, going to the prisons, uh, carrying the message, because um, I don't ever want to forget where I came from. Do a lot of speaking engagements, uh, do some online stuff. We, um, Andrew and I have a page. Y'all probably see the booth out there. Um, I believe silence kills, and, and sometimes we carry a message on Facebook through social media. Um, network with a lot of treatment centers, though, you know, just trying to be the go-between between the attic and the treatment center, trying to get people help because it's a, anybody try to get anybody in treatment, they know it's, it's a lot of work. So um, trying to bridge the gap. Yep. You can go to uh, Andrew Hager Live uh, or on Facebook, uh, T Todd Barrick, uh, and you'll find interesting videos. These guys are so honest uh, and, and transparent, which is incredible. All right. Guys, can we give them a big hand? I'm telling you, I'm going to thank you guys. Thank you very much. You know, uh, we see the amazing grace of God, and um, something that occurs to me often is the statement, I can't remember who said it, but if not, uh, if not for the grace of God, there go I, you know, with, with issues in life, and we, nobody plans uh, to be in a place uh, like that. Uh, but it happens, and uh, we have an amazing God who protects us, but also restores us and gives us hope. Let us pray together. Father, thank you for this day. I want to thank you for each of these, these wonderful people, God, who just uh, who have found their hope and their, their trust, their faith in Jesus. And uh, God, um, I know it's hard to be thankful for the journey they've traveled, but, but everything they've been through is worth it if it has brought them to a relationship with Jesus Christ, and it has. And so, God, we we just want to, we want to praise you for their willingness to tell their story. And God, I know that there are people, no doubt here today, who are struggling, if not 
themselves, they're dealing with someone that they love, uh, someone that they know that's struggling, that, that needs, uh, number one, they need Jesus, but number two, they need recovery. And I pray that this has been a time of hope and encouragement to them. And God, would you use us, use our stories, no matter what it may be, because we all are broken and we all need your love and your peace, Lord. God, we worship you. We honor you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.